Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Time Light Man How Poetry Found Me podcast, where we talk about inspirational concept, ideas, writing, and just overall just trying to understand the spiritual, mental, and the physical aspect of your life. And we focus on, and well, at least over the past few years for myself, I've been writing for 20 years, and I've been writing things that have always been inspired by my life, by my mind, or by my level of awareness. And in hopes of doing the podcast that somewhere along the line, you find inspiration within yourself. Because a lot of times the key to inspiration lies within all of us. And most of the time we try to define it, we try to define it by other people. And you can't let their inspiration alter yours. But if you are inspired by something that they've done, then you try to get out there and find a way to inspire yourself. And I've been writing for quite some time, and this podcast was spraying from that. And I hope that as you listen over the years, or you listen to the number of podcasts, that you find that key that will unlock your inspiration and allow you to be the person that you want to be. And to be inspired is something that's almost miraculous in a way. And when you look around and you try to find inspiration... The thing that should most inspire you, and this is just my opinion about the, the life that we live, sometimes inspiration is found when you look at people, places, and the things that are a possession of man. If someone has a nice car and you don't have a nice car or you don't have a car at all, and that person passed by you and said car, then your whole idea of having that type of car is something that goes into your psyche and you tell yourself that you want that car. Or if you listen to the video or watch the video or The Secret, when you envision something like that car, you work until you get that car. If that car is not manifested within the same year, it's not that you forget to make it a model. It's just that that car is still relevant in your own psyche and you work until you get that particular thing if it's people and say if there's somebody that's a great artist you may sit down on television and listen to their interviews you may listen to their music or you may look at their artwork or you may listen to them uh, talk on a podcast or you may listen to them on the radio and they are so inspirational with their life story that you may not have a story that's similar to that, but the track that you're on from the vantage point in which you see yourself makes you want to be inspired to be an artist. And you work diligently to become that artist that you see your favorite artist doing those things and you end up ultimately want to do them. And there's tons of stories about people listening to artists and wanted to mimic those artists and they became that very inspiration that they saw on TV yet they inspired themselves to try to get up and have the courage to do that particular genre and there might be people that you may see that may be doing tremendous things and you sit there in your position of thinking man I want to do those things how would I go about doing those things and you would listen to that person that's doing that thing try to out give you an outline for what they did to make it. Now, you may accept that outline, but you may not be in that position at the end, but because you're inspired by that particular person, 
then you get out and then you work in that particular field or you work until you find a way to be inspired into that arena to do what you need to do. But then there's a much more profound inspiration that's found on the planet that we live in that may not even cross your mind most of the time, but it's probably the most inspiring thing that you could probably view and think about, and that is nature. And nature is a quiet, slept, slept, slept upon secret to life. And when you can take it into perspective, the totality of it, it makes the things that we do seem really trivial. But in the minds of people who aspire for dreams, it could be really significant. And I'm going to use myself as an example and try to, hopefully I can relate this to you in a way that you would understand. When I began the journey of writing, prior to that, I had always uh, dreamed of trying to take care of my mom. And I would look around to people to say something, to motivate me, to do something for me, or to just try to encourage me to move on. My mom did a wonderful job of it. And I didn't heed her advice a lot of times, but she didn't know deep down that I really wanted to help her. And there was no magic pill for me. And if there was a magic pill for me, I probably missed the digesting of it because I was so focused on, you know, what can I do for her? But when you hang around your friends or you hang around people that you may think be inspirational, you you have to listen very intently to what they're saying to see whether or not their intensity is going to match the dream that they have. And if they are going after their dream with the same intensity, then you should be able to pursue yours because you all have the same goal in mind. And most of the times when nobody is around you, and then this is what's significant to any of you that are, that are listening, the most important thing that you could ever have is time to yourself. Time to reflect, no matter what age you, you are. But when, you, when you're a child, you don't really understand that. Like nobody ever really tells a child that when you sit alone and you're doing your homework or when you sit alone and you're thinking, you're actually developing the higher level of your brain to think about creative things. But when you are alone, your mind tends to think about what could be. And what could be is fine. And it could make you think about the past, which is okay. But you never really focus on what you're doing like now. Like me, I'm trying to present the best past, present moment to my writing and to my family. But the present moment is just doing this podcast and trying to be honest to the things that have gotten me to where I am. And when you're doing things alone, your mind seeks that clarity that you need to give you a better picture or an overall perspective of what you are and what you can do. And you have to be engaged in that moment. And these are the things that you have to mimic in life in order for you to be successful. And when you walk away from a steel mind or a steel moment in time, when you begin to activate your brain, you have to start thinking about what is it going to take to accomplish the dream. And when I was younger, I never understood those things. 
I always thought that people will walk up and they'll give you a chance to prove yourself if you wanted to do something. Other times you'll be presented with an opportunity and you got to see it as an opportunity to take advantage of the opportunity and to stick with the opportunity until you can make a breakthrough in the very opportunity that you seek for yourself. An example of when I was in high school, I wanted to play basketball. And every time I wanted to try to play basketball, it was always a nervousness, a nervousness on my part. Because number one, I didn't think that I practiced hard enough. But at the same time, it was a dream of mine. And I wanted to put the right energy behind it so that it could yield me a scholarship just to go to school so I could play basketball and hopefully get a chance to try out in some professional level or whatnot. But upon entering the arena to play basketball, I had a hesitation, I had a fear. And that manifested in itself by causing me to get cut. But Michael Jordan wasn't around at the time. I don't think about to know about his story about him getting cut and then becoming obsessed with trying to be the best. But I'm telling you, if you got cut for something right now, you have to have an, obs- an obsession to want to be the best. That means that whatever that is that you wanted to do, and you didn't get the first, you didn't get the opportunity the first time. Well, the next time you got to be better than what you were the first time, so that you can prove to yourself your worthiness to be in the arena that you choose. And that's all about inspiration. This has to be something that's so motivational that nothing in the, in this world deter you. Well, my first opportunity of getting cut deterred me because I felt that I wasn't adequate enough for that. And my mom always encouraged me, like, go try it again, and or work harder, or just find something that you can do. And I wanted to be an inspiration to my brothers and sisters also. But man, it's really, really hard when you don't when you don't have clarity. You know what you want to do, but you don't have clarity. Fast forward, I finished high school and I did make the basketball team, by the way, my senior year. And that's because of diligence and really trying to say that I deserve the opportunity to do it. But by that time, my, my heart had begin the same because I knew that that one year, two years could make a difference in trying to get a scholarship. You have to get along, be very talented enough to get off of one, but that didn't come my way. And I just need you to know that if something, if there's something that you want to do, then there's something you got to do about it. You can't want to do something and not do anything about it. If you want to do something, you got to do something about it. And you have to do it in such a way that you don't surrender when it's something that you decided to do. And I remember hearing like a lot of young guys um, want to go out and try out on football teams that made the university they want to be walk on. And a lot of them made it. And those are success stories that should encourage you if somebody is doing something you want to do. They say, nah, nobody gave me a chance, but I was determined. I was inspired to know what I needed to do for myself and my life. This is why I had to take a chance on me. And you got to be able to understand you got to take a chance on you. So fast forward from my past to my next event. I didn't have any notion of what I wanted to do when I finished high school. I knew I still wanted to take care of my mom and every day that I I saw her, I often think about it. And I know I could have got a job and I did get a job and did put some money in the house, but it wasn't where I needed to be. And I would always ask God to help me, show me the way to do what I need to do to get there. And 
you got to be able to do the same thing. I'm not saying whether or not you have to believe in God or call on God or do anything like that. I'm just saying that's that's my realm of reality. And I'll let you know that when I fast forward to my next past moment in time. And I ended up at Alabama State University by a guy just coming in and we call him Wolf, just come by just telling me about it. And I ended up going to Alabama State University. But before that, I, I grew up in Frederick Douglass Apartments in Phoenix City, Alabama. I finished high school and there was a young lady that was a counselor up there, but I never really focused on counselors in school because I didn't even think there was a such thing as a person who wanted to help somebody do something. But I want to say to all you high schoolers out there, if you ever feel burdened and you don't know what to do, I'm not talking about, I'm talking to all of you guys really, but if there's just some that just feel like they're C and D students and they feel overwhelmed, they got counselors in your school. You can just go ask them, can you help me determine what's the best way for me to achieve my dream at this school right now? There's something I want to do and I really feel that my mind is locked and I was wondering whether or not you can help me unlock it so I can flourish in what it is I want to do. And at every school, you got opportunities of people who are willing to help you. And if you don't find anybody, team up with a group of people and you guys try to set a group meeting to help you get where you need to be in terms of achieving your goals and dreams. You all may aspire for different things, but inspiration and sound advice can get you where you need to be. And those are the things that you need. And when you are alone, when you are alone then you got to work on your own internal way of being when it comes to, do, to doing that. And you got to make sure that you're staying focused on that particular task while you're doing those things. And this is what happened when I got to Alabama State University. When I got there, man, let me just tell you something. It was the most beautiful thing that I had ever seen. There were so many beautiful women. And since it's a predominantly black school, I got to say there's a lot of beautiful black women. And the homies that you got to know when you get to college, man, they were some of the coolest guys. They were from, from all around the state and I think from all around the world, really. And then you got your set of guys that you go to school with. But the thing about it, or your set of girls that you may go to school with, but you got to understand that when you walk into a vibrant a vibrant environment such as that, then you got to be willing to understand that that is a fresh start for you to go after what you want. There's nothing that's going to hold you back but you. And because you go and you don't have the confidence to go at it. You can't blame anybody but yourself because you don't have the courage to go at it. It's there for you to achieve. You got to want to achieve it. Therefore, you got to want to get after it. And in those environments, it kind of encourages you to turn on the gas so that you can be gas lit to go and do what you want to do with your life. And then I don't care if it's a trade school. I don't care if it's a major university. I don't care if it's a technology school, whatever it is you feel you need to do and you know you got to put the work in, when you go to those places, you got to understand it's just you, those. There's nobody that's trying to hold you back because they don't know you well enough to hold you back. It's you that's holding you back and you got to be able to let it go. My mom was proud of me for doing that. And because she was proud of me, I wanted to make sure that I finished. And I did finish. And did I actually go after what I wanted? No. But I got my college degree. She came to see me. I gave it to her and said that this was yours. But I still got more work I got to do. And my mom was always happy with those small things. And that that is what encouraged me to want to do big things. And you got to understand that if you are trying to take care of someone, 
and you're really trying to help someone, then you still have to be beyond inspired by those things that you might see as significant and make them minor. And even if the person you're getting it to see it as significant, you still have to see it as a work in progress. And that's what I saw myself as when I saw my mom. I always saw myself as a work in progress. And I was frustrated by the time I finished college because I felt like I should have had the finances or the resources to do those things that I said that I wanted to do for her. But I didn't have the finances, I didn't have the resources, and most of all, I didn't have the connections that would allow me to maneuver through certain circles and get into an arena where I would be successful. And people try to tell you that you have to know people in positions that could put you into a position to win. If you don't know people, then you have to get yourself in a position in the dream that you're chasing and work like hell to get yourself in a position to know people, to make a connection, to get into the arena that you want, the, the arena that you want to become bigger. And the example to that is like people that work in the entertainment business, like those people that they call PAs, personal assistants, or those people that assist those celebrities, they get in there and they work really hard at trying to understand every, from all of, from the background, from the ground up, as to what things that it takes to make it. And when they get an op- opportunity, they want to be prepared to offer someone an opportunity that they didn't get so that somebody, so that that person can achieve. You get it? It's all in the circle of connection. Uh, you can't want to be the president of the United States and you're working at a fast food restaurant. You can work there, but understand it's not going to get you to the dream of being a president. To be a president, you got to get involved in those things that kind of work and show you what it takes to be a president. That's mostly like politics. You have to find a way to get into that, to stay connected to that, to be able to work around from the local level to the state level and then to the federal level in order to achieve the dream of being a president or to being a congressman. Whatever those things that you're aiming for, you got to be in that arena. You can never be outside of that arena and make that connection. You can be outside until you realize that you need to be inside and go towards that particular dream. Because the inspiration is not going to allow uh, be allowed itself for you in Burger King. You may, you may think it in Burger King, but it won't work until you leave Burger King and then go try to make yourself become a king of something that you desire. Those are the things that need to inspire you. Needless to say, back to my past present moment, when I finished with my college degree, I went to Atlanta because I thought Atlanta was going to offer me the opportunity to do the thing that I most wanted to do in my life. And that was to be an actor. I didn't know I wanted to try acting until I, I got to college, but I never really fully delved into it until like my last year when I took a class on the doctor, uh, Tania Stewart. And, and we, we sat in the arena one day and, uh, and she was telling me that I could do it if I just put my mind to it. And I still hold that to this day that she said that to me. But I went to Atlanta to try to turn that dial. But it was, once again, like I thought, it was connection. And I didn't necessarily know what sacrifice meant. I thought I was sacrificing when I when I went there, but I didn't sacrifice enough. Sometimes you got to give, you have to go all out to do that. But my thing was, I didn't want to be so gung-ho about it that I had to sleep outside or sleep on the ground or be homeless or something like that. I love God too much to do that. But I guess if you love God that much, then you would do that. But I didn't I didn't know how to do that. I didn't know how to sleep out in the cold and 
and wake up and do those things. So I didn't really see to be comfortable. I just needed to make sure that I could do what I wanted to do. So it didn't pan out for me the way that I want. And I, they said I could have stayed longer, but at the same time, you know, you got to see the world. And then I opted to come to Florida. And I told my mom about it. She was kind of hesitant. But every time I moved, she didn't understand. I probably didn't tell her either that I was really trying to move because I was really trying to help her. And she knew I was trying to, but she didn't know the magnitude of how significant it was for me and what it meant for me to do it. You got to understand that your life is significant, even if you got people telling you it's not. Your life is significant because you were conceived and you were brought into this world by a woman. And most of the time when women are inspired and they love their children, they can tell them anything to make them believe in themselves. Sometimes when the environment beats you down so much and then your woman brings you into the world, she's been downtrodden and beaten so much that she doesn't even know that there's a ray of hope through you for her. And you got to understand that in order to be on a higher plane, you got to see beyond all of that and then gravitate toward that which is the most positive and do that. But sometimes people make positive stuff seem like negative stuff. And some people make negative stuff seem like positive stuff. And that's why that's when they say that the world is turned upside down. Because positive is positive and it's God related. Negative is negative and it's human related. But when you can kind of understand, and sometimes people go through the, they get to the point where they can merge them together and then come out on the higher end of the stick. And that's what you have to aspire to be. You have to be able to, if you can merge the two together and then you can let the spiritual component of that elevate you, then you can definitely get out of an impoverished mind and then get into a wealthy mind mindset and then start working on those things. Uh, back to my present, my, my past present moment. When I reached Orlando, Florida, I really loved the environment. I loved the choices that I made and I felt that I could make it here. In, of, in Florida it just, I just felt good about it but you know sometimes life get really strange on you and life got strange on me on December 24th I went drove down to see my mom of uh, 1999 so on Christmas day and I got ready to come back home and I was kind of frustrated because I really always wanted to spend more time with her but when you have to work all the time and you got to pay bills, sometimes those things, they they take over because you have to provide for yourself. And then I had to be able to send her a little money too. So I drove back home and I, prom- I promised God, I said, well, next year I'm going to be able to spend more time with my mom because I want to be in my dream, be living my dreams and goals. And the very next day, December 26th, my sister called me, told me she was in the hospital. And then fast forward to my past present moment, January, January 1st, 2000, she, she left the planet. And needless to say, my whole world was like shattered. And I don't know about you guys, whether or not you had a moment in your life that was so defining that it redefined your whole DNA almost. I began to slump, my shoulder fell down, my head was down and I was asking God like, man, I just don't understand, you know, what she meant to me, you know what I was trying to do. But then I had to look at my life. I had like, I had some years to try to correct what I was doing. And I don't know if I corrected it 
quickly enough or I was embedded enough in my dreams to make it work. When she passed away, I felt that I wasn't even, that I hadn't even started. And that built a level of frustration in me. I couldn't eat, I couldn't sleep. I mean, I like, just thinking about her and my family and what I should do with that and what that means to me and how I'm gonna uplift myself to help them and how I'm gonna stay focused on trying to get my world together, put all those pieces together so that I can elevate myself to a high level to show her what I was really after. And we, we buried her on her birthday. And needless to say, I didn't cry in front of my brothers and sisters while I was there. But when I drove back to Florida, I collapsed, tears everywhere. I could have made it rain through. I had enough so many tears that if you would have put me on a cloud, I could have rained for like days on somebody. I was so much devastated by what had happened. But a strange thing was building up in me and my love for God was always in question at that point because I like prayed to God all the time. I time on conversations with God and I just couldn't understand why and I couldn't see the clouds. I couldn't see the planet. I couldn't see the earth and I couldn't see clear enough to understand what this all means. Like if I pray, you know, God's supposed to answer my prayers. If I want to do something, I'm supposed to get an opportunity from God to do it. And if God gave me an opportunity, I didn't see it. But no matter what was in front of me, when it came to pursuing something, I was always pursuing to make sure that I could do it. But this one right here, I had no, I had no answers for it at all. And I'm in this place of lacking inspiration and in this place of doubt. And you're going to have this in life. I don't care who you are. Like you can be the most ecstatic person in the world, elated person in the world, happy person in the world. You're going to you're going to reach that bout where things are doubtful. And you don't know why. You just your brain sometimes just goes through that. But you got to understand that phase is going to happen to you, but you just got to push through it. And me, I had to fight through mine as well. And then one day Something says, sit down and write. And from there, I began this whole journey of purging myself of all of the fears and angst and love and joy, and pleasantries and observations and love and women and war and change and inspiration that could come with one person trying to eliminate the burden off of his mind so that he would be able to see clear. And this is what I was able to do. And I've been writing, and I was allowed, and I was permitted to write for roughly 20 years to get myself prepared for the thing that I desired most, which was now is to help my entire family, my brothers and my sisters. And God permitted me to write 16 books. That was a number that was at the very beginning when I started writing. And that's what I ended with, 16 books. Don't ask me how or why, but the number 16 came in the conversation. The number 16 came in my mental frame of mind, and I wrote until I completed exactly 16 books. No more, no less. 16 books. And I'm saying this to you all out there. Your life is an inspiration. The fact that you are alive is an inspiration to the universe. You, you were put here 
to be more than what you think you are. And you see stories from so many people, and there's countless people you can name that they that they put these cameras in front of and that they put these microphones in front of, and you think that you can't be one of them. Well, I got good news for you. You can. But you have to be dedicated to something that you know that you can do or something that you're willing to be dedicated to, be inspired to stay dedicated to, and then to see it all the way through. Now, I want to put a little cautionary tale in it so that you can understand. It doesn't mean that you have to get to the plateau of having every camera in your face or having every microphone in your place or being on every magazine cover or being in every newspaper. You just got to be encouraging enough to know that if you're in your dream and that's what you're pursuing, regardless of whether you got the cameras or the microphones or the newspaper or the magazine, you're doing exactly what you want to do and there's no amount of money that can deter you from that. These are the things that have to inspire you, but the biggest inspiration has to be from you looking at nature and understanding that that kind of creation can cause you to create. And I'll never forget, like, sometimes when I would feel uninspired, right, because of losing my mom, I could go, I could walk outside and it could be a clear blue sky and the sun could just be coming over the horizon and there's a bird singing. And it's the most beautiful sound you ever heard. And it's not that it hasn't always been there. It's just that when your mind is in a place of clarity, you hear it and you be like, man, that's, that's soothing. Man, that's inspiring. Man, that's inspiration. And you gotta be able to weigh those moments. And when you can get up in those clouds, beyond the level of man, I really think that there's nothing you can't do. But you have to always be in a point where you're trying to define what it takes for you. And you got to constantly be looking for inspiration outside of man. But if, if you don't, then that's fine. If you find it in the carnal aspect of your life, then that, I, I want to say that that's cool too, because eventually you're going to grow out of that. You're going to realize that, that that isn't what it always has to be. But sometimes when we pursue things, we have to pursue it like suppress the spiritual part, do the mental and carnal part so that we can kind of be inspired by everything around us. But eventually as you live in this world and you become more mature, you evolve out of that. And then you get into that world when you do hear that bird sing or you do see that bird take flight or you do see rain clouds or you see clear clouds or you see the sun rising or you see the sun that is heightening, you see the sun setting, that that level is a level that man cannot create, but you can create peace from seeing it and you can create inspiration from it as well. So ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank you for joining me in this podcast episode. I hope that you found inspiration in it. And even if if there's just anything that could just light your spark so that you can be the person that wants to achieve the most in his or her life, then you get out there and you do what you can do to achieve it. And always has a and always have a sense of humility about it. And I don't mean humble in the way that you gotta go out and tell people everything. No, no, no. Your humility comes from your 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 humbleness comes from inside and you never have to say anything to anybody because you feel it inside. So ladies and gentlemen, closing, I got six quotes for you. 
One is from Dr. Napoleon Hill. One is from Eric Thomas. One is from Antonio T. Smith Jr. One is from Antonio or Tony Robbins. One is from Les Brown. And this one that I created. Uh, Napoleon Hill says, if the mind can't conceive it and believe it, then the mind can't achieve it. Inspiration from past to present to future, but from past to present mostly. If you can't conceive it and believe it, then you can't achieve it. And you have to always believe that you can. But at the same time, when you believe it, you have to have a burning desire to want to achieve it because it's just not going to work with you just sitting in place thinking it's going to work. You got to put some action behind it. And Antonio T. Smith Jr. says, you can plant better, you can dominate. All right, that's, that's, a, that's a phrase where you put the right thoughts in your mind, the right inspiration, connected to the right energies, and then you put the work in to get it. And it's not about you controlling other people. It's about you dominating your own existence so that when people see you, they become inspired because you put the work in to make it happen. Eric Thomas says, make the rest of your life the best of your life. Can you imagine when you achieve your goal and people can see that you achieve your goal? And you don't have to speak about it anymore that you actually got out there and you did it now the results of it is that you're walking in it the rest of your life is the best of your life because you achieved it and that and that is simply because you put the work in tony robbins says if you can't do something then you must do it and all tony's robin career since i've been listening to him that is like one of the most inspiring things i think he ever said if you can't then you must because you gotta erase the must from your life. The cannot and get into can. So if you can't do something, then it's, it's, it's an attempt for you that you know that you must do it so that you can overcome the fear. Cause can't is the fear. And you gotta put the work in to overcome that. If you can't, then you must. You must is the thought that you have to have in terms of achieving. And that means that you gotta put in the work. Les Brown says it's not over until I win. Remember, from birth to cons- from, from from the from the cradle to the departure, it's not over till you win. And if you inspired to do something, you got to make sure that with what you're doing, that you are inspired by your life, and that you're gonna do everything that you can to make your life an inspiration for someone else. And in doing so, you'll be able to show the world what you're trying to accomplish, what you're trying to achieve. And you only do that by putting in the work. That's why it's not over until you win. That means that you're working towards it. And when you get in it, you become the winner of your life because this is what you set out to do. The last one is one that I created. It says that life does not require more from you. Life does not require less from you. Life only requires that you maximize your 24 hours and in doing so, you can have anything that you desire. My mom passed away and I did have those 24 hours. But I guess my desire wasn't strong enough because she passed away before I could get close enough to even begin to show her what I wanted for her. But now that I understand my 24 hours, then I understand that what I desire, I have to get out and work for it to make it happen. And I have to open doors that wasn't presently open for me by putting in the work and being able to show the world what I've been given and present that to the world. And that goes for you too. Every human being has 24 hours if you are alive to do what you desire to do. And when you look at the world at large now and what man has done, I don't know whether it's a blessing or a curse. But what I do know is that if you're given an opportunity in a land of opportunity, you got to take advantage of those opportunities. 
to manifest your dreams and goals. If not, you're going to grow old and, you, and you're going to be a miserable person because you had the same amount of time as anybody else that you see is successful, but you chose to play around and not get down and get into the work of the dream and goal that you wanted to achieve. Ladies and gentlemen, until we meet again, peace. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Time Enlightenment How Poetry Found Me podcast, where we talk about what writing does to inspire, encourage, and make you have a perspective about your life. And also, writing will help you reveal any aspects of yourself when it comes to pursuing your dream. And we specifically try to focus on writing because I know writing was the one thing that helped me clarify the loss of my mom, the way my life took its own journey, I was able to feel inspired by some of the situations I can even do to make my world a better place. And it also taught me that writing from an inspirational standpoint is much more inspiring than trying to conjure up something. And I say that because sometimes when I was in the midst of my books, I was trying to write something of myself and it didn't work. So we know that writing is a way of releasing toxins and negative energy and also flourishing positive endorphins to get you to kind of start turning your life into a more productive measure of performance for yourself. But today I want to talk about manifestation of dreams and goals and aspirations. And, you know, you got several examples of people that talks about things like this. I recently um, heard Dave Chappelle just tell a joke in a sense, but in the joke he talked about how he, how he became a powerful dreamer in the sense that when he was 14, he thought about doing comedy. And at the age of 50, he's into comedy, how he made it powerful. Michael Jordan wanted to prove that he would be a better basketball player when he got cut from the basketball team and turned into one of the greatest basketball players that ever played the game. I mean, there's tons and tons of examples of people manifesting things and working in that dream or goal to make it become the reality that they ultimately wanted. And the first step that you have to do to make that work is you have to step into whatever dream or goal you think it is that you may want to be. I don't care what age it is. You just got to determine. Once you set your mind to say what you want to do, then you have to, first of all, get involved with it on the smallest scale that you can. And if you happen to have luck to fall your way and you get in, you know, you get in a mid-level position, then you got to work even harder. And why am I prefacing all this to tell you what I'm feeling inside? It's because for the longest time, when I was writing my books, I've always dreamed of trying to take my mom's words and put them on t-shirts. Why t-shirts? Because I figure I see a lot of people wearing t-shirts. And it seems to add some kind of confidence or inspiration to their life. And I remember a long, 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 long time ago, 
when I thought that a shirt would be great to go with the books that I had written to best connect my dream of having a manifestation of my own words and the words that I was inspired by God to write because of her. And I just couldn't find anybody. And I know this is going to sound crazy to you guys, so please just bear with me. When I first thought about it, I was in Orlando, and they would have these signs out on the streets, like, you know, 100 T-shirts for like $12 or something, I don't know. But it didn't say whether or not they would print the shirts for me, so I ignored them and went on about my business. And then I went to a place that was downtown after searching around about someone being able to help me manifest his dream. But I felt like, you know, instinctually that that wasn't the right place for me. And I don't necessarily ever feel that way. I'm always willing to give somebody a chance to help me. But the, the language and the wording and the positioning of it just didn't, just didn't sit well with me. And I didn't think that it was going to ever work. You don't ever think anything is going to ever work. But when you're dealing with human beings, you got some people that are just blatantly going to misuse you. You got some people that are going to deceptively try to manipulate things to their benefit. And even if you're going in trying to be a cheapskate, you're trying to find the cheapest thing to do, then you're going to find yourself trying to get over too. So this whole world of manifestation is trying to connect with somebody that initially you feel would be the person to help you accomplish your dreams and goals. And I wasn't able to do that in the beginning. And it kind of frustrated me because I see all these reputable businesses in the world, but nobody seems to have given me a portal in which to join them to help me make all of my dreams for my mother come true. And to put things out there that could help me help the world by letting them know what my mom had done, giving me. I thought it was the most precious thing in the world. And I thank God for that. But then, at the same time, in my mind, I'm thinking, well, who's going to help me really do this the way I can keep it simple for the public and keep it simple for myself and then just show a tremendous amount of love for my mom? And I want to state this in this episode if I haven't stated it throughout all my episodes. There's no one in this world that I love more than my mom, right? Because biologically, my father and her created my brothers and my sisters and I. But she was the one to bring us forth to give us all life. And she struggled throughout her life to raise five kids. Sometimes it brings me to tears when I know how hard a single mother has to work to bring not just one child, but when you have multiple children and you got to feed them, you got to clothe them, you got to keep them inspired to want to uh, be the best. When I was young, I didn't understand. I just saw her, but I couldn't just connect that struggle. I wish that I could have just connected it really, really early on. And maybe I would have been driven to do what I wanted to do a lot earlier, but I wasn't able to do it. And to this day, it still impacts my life because I realize that time is short, time is precious, and by all means, you got to pursue what you got to pursue in this lifetime. So she's gone. And I always thought, what would be the best way to put the proper amount of recognition on her name to let her know that I loved her? 
And I still do. And how can I show the rest of the world that same energy too? Number one is I had the books. But then at the same time, I felt that if I had t-shirts to go with each book, then when the audience look at the t-shirt and look at the books, they'll see the connection between, or if I even had to explain it to them, the connection between these books, these t-shirts, and my love for her. And for the longest time, trying to find somebody to do that was really, really hard for me. And I had just abandoned hope for a little bit. And I just kept working and doing my thing. And still, I was still thinking about, number one is how can I sell a lot of books to show the world that my level of appreciation for my mom is greater than they would ever know. But sometimes, and I want to say this to purpose to anybody that's listening that's unknown or don't have a lot of connections or might feel that what they think is not adequate enough. I want to say you need to abandon all of that and understand that you got to go slower than others, maybe. But the one thing you got to have is you have to have a, a must continue type attitude, regardless of what's going on. And I'm not, I don't know what your dreams or your goals may be, but you got to have a I'm not going to give up attitude. And when you don't, when you have that and you proceed slowly, then things are going to come to you gradually, but they're going to come nonetheless. Now, you can expedite the matter if you find the right person that can connect, that can connect you emotionally to what you need to do and ground you in that and then allow you to thrust forward. But if you don't have all that, then what do you do? You got to start from ground zero and you got to work every day to build a foundation that you have the confidence in. And in my case, that I, I, my foundation is, you know, God being that foundation for me. Because when I lost my mom, I didn't, I, I couldn't handle that. And I say this in my podcast all the time. I just really want to be consistent with you guys. I just couldn't handle it. My brain, my capacity became so overwhelmed by it that I found myself in an emotional state almost every single day of my life. That is until I started writing. And through that therapy, through that form of me understanding the life, the moments, and the time that we have, you know, God very gently gave me a revelation that had been there the whole time, no matter what I look at, when I look at life, that that revelation is that no matter who you are, no matter the condition that you find yourself in, whether you are 100% meditative or 100% reflective or you fasting or you're eating all the time or you're partying all the time, you're not the ultimate guide for me is that you're going to live and you're going to die those are the guarantees in life like some people say well you're going to owe the IRS that's true but if you don't pay them the first year well you avoided it for a while but eventually it catches up with you right because the IRS is going to get what's there well by the same time God is going to get what's his regardless whether you pay the IRS whether you love your family whether you don't love your family whether your family loves you or don't that individual vessel that you inhabit right now is ordained for one thing. It is an essence of you being born, and it's the very essence of you leaving this planet. There's no, there's nothing you can do to avoid these two things. If you come into this world, you're going to leave. But the time frame in which you do that, you don't really know. 
So it becomes important that you understand what your dream is. It becomes a powerful understanding of your mind and your capacity to know what you're capable of to do it. And you have a lot of people with a lot of examples that are living in their dreams. So you have to understand that you have to be able to do that too. Because your life is not going to be complete until you can find out what you need to do from the foundation that you set for yourself to make your dreams come true. That's what this whole thing about life is about. And if you can find it, then you have a better chance of being happy in life because you're pursuing the things that you feel deeply emotional about, that you make an emotional connection about, that there's nothing going to stop you. Well, when it came to the shirt, I didn't stop. I just abandoned the idea that I could find somebody that's trustworthy, that could help me put on a t-shirt the words that my mom gave to me. And then I spoke with my brother coming to find out she said the same thing, say same thing to them similarly. But I just remember them distinctly because when I was young, this is what she would say to me. There's a couple of things she said to me that is empowering and at the same time a revelation to me just trying to understand how deep she had been. And when I think about that, I just wish that I could have done more. Whenever I think about my mom, I wish I could have done more. Because she deserves more. She deserves everything I think that I could give her right now. If I had, it was in my mean financially to do it, I'd do it symbolically just because I told her I would, which is what I'm working to do anyway. That's just what she means to me. And I don't think nobody else means that much to me when it comes to thinking about what she did for me and what she tried to do for me. And these t-shirts or these putting these words on these shirts is symbolic of that's that whole gesture that I'm just trying to show her even though she's not here and I do know that or I feel let me say that that when you leave that the memories that you hold as that vessel that you were having are erased and it's with my it, and it's with my it's within my soul compartment to compartmentalize that and understand that's the same thing that happens to all of us but I'm a living testimony that what she said to me is inside of me and it still stirs inside of me. That means that she's still a part of me. It didn't go anywhere. You understand what I mean? Like somebody can say something so powerful to you that even when they're gone, you still hold it. And it's like that person is still alive because of what you're holding it. And I know that my mom is essence is a part of me because of my brothers and sisters because we still came from her vaginal tract to be on this planet my father provided the seed of life and she brought forth the life therefore they all both are a part of me but it's the caring part that that takes me on another journey and when I was thinking about the t-shirts I was thinking about how best to represent her even though I love my father and I you know I love him to this day and I've grown past all of the things that happened by him not being being there for me but I know that there was nothing that could be done about that but that is a part of what life is for all human beings I think you got some people that's going to be there for you and some people that's going to abandon you for other things but when you're a child you don't understand that and when I saw my mom struggle I just couldn't understand why she would have to go through all of that but she went through it nonetheless she went days without eating, trying to feed us. So what am I supposed to give to her? I wanted to give her this entire planet if I could. 
I know God wouldn't probably let me do that, you know, because God created the planet for everybody to live on. But symbolically, I wish that anything that she wished for or wanted, if she were around, that I would be able to provide it, because I know she deserves it. But she's gone now, and I'm still trying to figure out the best way to let the world know about my mom and what she meant. So the idea was to find somebody that could help me print up a shirt that could go with the book that could be symbolic of her being forever in my life. And I can't shake these words no matter what I try to do. And this is going to lead me to the second part of what I, why I was saying that. So I, I worked two jobs. I pretty much worked two jobs for a while. And initially the reason for working two jobs is I had ensued a lot of debt. I had incurred a lot of debt due to family situations and on the need of things and me not paying attention to just swiping the car. You know how sometimes when you get the, the cars from the banks that you love and the, the love that they show for you on the things, you just go to swiping and you get swiping crazy and the next thing you know you're in debt. And I found myself swimming in debt no matter how much of a minimum payment I made or how much I felt I paid over, it still seemed like the bill just would not decrease. And as long as that bill didn't decrease, I felt like I was going to always be in debt. And I didn't want to be in debt. Like, I can understand if I'm in debt for a while when it comes to serving man, and sometimes you have to do that. But I can't serve God and serve man if I'm in debt. It's impossible because everything that I do is to try to take care of the debt of man. And and God hadn't rained down on me money. You know what I mean? Like millions and millions of dollars just clear these debt and then it's just going. It just didn't happen for me. So the only recourse I had was I had to work two jobs, and I still work two jobs. And, I'm, and the jobs that I have, I thank God for them every day because I have to get out and pay these bills and nobody's going to pay these bills for me. So debt was one thing I needed to get rid of. And if I could get rid of debt, then I could see a little bit clearer. And I'm working on that now, even as I, I do this podcast. So I took a job and I work as a, a rep for a bread company. I'll say that for a later date. But anyway, so I just started working this route and the gentleman that I work for, he decided to you know, give me some shirts. I already had some, but he decided to get me some shirts. And when he got the shirts, he came up to me and said, yeah, somebody at one of the stores that you work at, that you deliver, is going to do the shirts for me. And when he said that, I instantly started thinking like, who in the world? In the stores that I work for, when I go to service them for him, who makes shirts? And I talked to pretty much everybody that, that, that are in stores because number one is you, 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 it's not to befriend everybody because that's impossible but it's just to have a rapport with them so we need to find things out that can help you or you just got to try to figure out how you're going but there's nothing there's no uh, price tag for just speaking to people so I always made it my business just to say good morning or whatever the case may be and when you're a newer person everybody's reluctant because they don't know how you're going to be as a person but I just trying to keep my radar and I just kept thinking like who in the world in one of these stores is a designer of shirts or help you make your dreams come true with shirts. And I'm traveling in my mind. I'm just trying to think of who it would be. And I remember talking to this young man named Greg and we was talking about basketball. We talked about football. You know, he's very in-depth into all that stuff. Like a lot of like a lot of knowledge when it comes to that. And he played basketball as well. And he was just giving me the rundown and the people that he associated with and all that stuff. And then one day I, I just started noticing that the, the, the shirts that he wears wasn't like an ordinary shirt. It wasn't like a normal person 
shirt that they that they would have on. And I kept looking at the shirts because it said some things and it had like some alien designs on it. And it was just bizarre to me. So then I asked him, I said, so where you get that shirt from? He said, oh, he said, I made it. I said, you make shirts? I said, you, you design shirts? He said, yeah, man, I've been doing that for a while. He said, that's my thing. And then I said, what? I didn't really tell him anything in the beginning. I just said, what? I said, okay, so you, you're making the shirts for, for the guy that I work for, right? He said, yeah, yeah, I have them to you shortly. And when he gave them to me, they were of top quality. And I just was just awed. I was just floored by that. So I waited a few minutes, a few days, and I said, yo, look, man, I don't know if you really, I don't know if you're going to believe this or not, but I've been trying to find somebody for a long time that could help me uh, bring my mom's words to life on a shirt. I haven't been able to find anybody. And when mm, the young man that I was working for told me that you design shirts and then you confirmed that for me, I said, look, I want to know will you be able to help me uh, do this one thing? He said, yeah. And what made it so unique about him, he said, man, I love seeing people being happy about a dream being coming true, especially when it comes to doing that. He said, I love to participate in that. And I didn't get these words from anybody else with all these years. Now, I mean, I'm trying to tell you from the time I've been looking, I've been looking for like over two decades to find somebody to help me with this philosophy. And I haven't even been, I didn't even know him prior to me doing this job for a little under a year. I didn't even know he existed. But I tried to make an attempt to, to find people. And I, I guess like if, when, if you ever look, listen to this particular episode, you kind of break down, well, well, what's the odds of him not finding anybody in 19 years? You're going to probably say, man, he could have found somebody, just didn't look hard enough. And I would say to you, you're probably absolutely right. But there's a level of frustration that you get when you're dealing with mortals that don't understand the concept of what you're trying to do. Because all they see in front of them is money. You know, they don't look at you as a valued person. They don't look at what you're trying to do as value to you. Like, I'm doing this for me because I'm doing this for my mom. That's the value of me coming to you so that you could help me because I value my mom enough to do it enough to give you the funds that you need to help me manifest the dream that I promised her in her passing. That's the difference, right? Because anybody can do anything for you if it's got money, but if it's if, if it's no love or no passion for the person you're doing it for, then what does it matter? Because all you're going to be is when you give them your money, you know they don't have no heart for it. And, and if they had heart for it, they'd be trying to contact you to try to see if you do that. But when it's money-driven, right, that means that when it's in the world of Caesar, that means one thing, that I'm only out to get what I got to get for myself in this world. But when I was talking to my man Greg, it didn't feel that way. Like, like just say, even if it was a facade, it just didn't feel that way. It just felt like when he was saying it to me, that it was genuine. Like, he's really going to help me do the shirts the way I want to do them on behalf of my mom. And that is priceless, ladies and gentlemen. Regardless of what, what may be misunderstood or understood, but that's just priceless, you understand? If somebody come to you and say, yeah, I'm willing to help you with your dream and if I could help you with your dream that's the most happiest thing for me you know what I mean like we're two men man and we're talking like that and he's trying to get me to understand that he is in my corner when it comes to doing that and I just want to say to you you when you go into business with somebody you want to go in with these intentions of just trying to understand what it takes for you and that person or that group to build something 
that's going to make you sleep at night when you know that you've done a certain thing. That's going to make you feel that the world makes sense to you because you finally found that one thing that will propel you to the level of you understanding what the power of God is actually like and what that connection will often often do for you. So he's helping me right now, and that's why I'm doing this podcast because I don't want to lose the energy of when you find a connection with somebody or something that's helping you accomplish your dream and goal, and it feels genuine. Like some people start off trying to make things feel genuine, but then after a while it'll begin to tell on itself. But this young man seemed to be truly genuine, and I'm glad to do my first shirt with him, along with with my book. And I'm trying to lift a legacy, ladies and gentlemen, if if this makes any sense to you. Like, I don't really care what happens to me in terms of trying to do this, but I just want you all to know the love that I have for my mom. And I'm just saying this to you out loud so you can understand that if you got somebody you care for, you got to live it out loud. You got to do something to show them that there's an appreciation for them while they are alive. You got to give them their flowers while they're here. I gave my mom that I love you. I gave her, I'm sorry I was a trouble kid. I, I gave her the fact that when I finished college, I gave her my college degree. I gave her the idea of what I was trying to do to accomplish a dream. But those things don't mean anything if you can't make them become real. Like, I wanted things to become real for her. I wanted her to have a house. I wanted her to have a nice car. I wanted her to have um, the best health care. I wanted her to travel the world. I wanted her to know that anything that I put into her life is coming from a good place. It's coming from a loving place because that's how you should hold your mothers up. And I know like this world man of man is a troubled place, man. You don't have to tell me. I look at it every single day. And I say to God every single day, how can I, How can we even be in a place where there's trouble when we can't even love our mothers the right way? And we disrespect the people that bring us into this world in the most absurd kind of way that you can even think of. Like, birthing me makes me get grow older and disrespect you. Even if you are disrespectful, that I still got to grow up and I got to be more disrespectful to you. I was never disrespectful to my mom. True enough, I was strong-headed, but I was never disrespectful to her. And when she passed, all the things I said and did flashed right before my eyes. And I realized that I would never be able to give her a house. I would never be able to give her good health insurance. I would never be able to give her a car so if she needed to get around my brothers or sisters, somebody could drive her. I could never amass the wealth that I wanted to go see the world and to take her with me. I could never bring her to Florida where I live to visit me because all those things were all gone. But with these shirts and these books, it's just my way of just saying to her in so many words, I love you. I always have. And to find somebody to help me to find somebody to help me say that out loud to the to the public is a blessing in and of itself. So ladies and gentlemen, I just wanna kind of get you to understand that your life is in your hands at all times. And at any given time you choose to take back your power of your life and to pursue the dreams and goals of your life, even though it may take your entire lifetime, which is okay, but as long as you're pursuing it and you're not giving up, then 
You understand? So what my mom told me, and I think I've said this through podcasts, I think it's on, on my, my first book. I don't know if I kept the same words throughout my book, but the words are simple as this. So one day when I was young, I was just talking to her about things. And I said something. I said, how you doing, mom? She said to me, I may give out, but I never give up. She said that to me. And for some reason, it went all the way down into my bone marrow, right? And I carried it like a badge of honor. I just didn't know it. Because like when I went to college, I didn't even think I was supposed to be there. But she wished me well anyway. And because she wished me well, I said in my mind, I'm going to finish no matter what, right? And I don't even know if the words that she said was behind it, but I think that it was, because you know why? I may have given out. I may, I may give out, but I never gave up. And I took that meaning and I carried it to this day. I carry it with me because it's like, it's a part of my soul now. It has always been a part of my soul. I just didn't know it. And I don't know how my other brothers and sisters feel about it, but I know it drives me, right? When I was about to abandon this whole notion that I would never get this on a t-shirt until I became popular or famous or somebody did something for me. And I didn't want it that way, you know what I mean? Because if you if you if you did that for me um while I'm there, right, then it makes no sense. It has no merit. But when you do it like when it's from the ground up and nobody knows you, and then you just start trying to work it from there, that's what God is, right? That's where the foundation is. And I'm just telling you that your foundation is wherever you find it. Don't try to get it through the fame. And don't try to get it through the fortune. Try to find it in a quiet corner. And so, and I'm going to just digress just for one second. People always want to know where God exists. God don't exist with all this talking, man. God don't exist with all these words. God don't exist because somebody can, you know, uh, do an exegesis on scripture better than you. God don't exist because somebody can speak more profoundly than you just running their mouth. God exists in silence. That's what God is in silence. Even when you go to sleep, if you're dreaming, then it's not silent. Because when you're silent, you wake up restful. You wake up connected and energized. And when you don't talk as much, then your communication through the silence to a connected universe that you don't even know nothing about. And all of a sudden, you get inspired to do something. Now, that could work both ways, but God don't exist in all this noise. I just hope that people will understand that not in the noise that you're trying to make. When God speaks, the words are chosen carefully by wise men and women. And it doesn't have to be long and drawn out. When my mother said to me, I may give out, but I'll never give up. That was God speaking through her to me. Because it stuck. And it exists in silence for me every day of my life. That's what God is. And the words that she put in me is from God through her. And that's why I hold them dear. I got some other words that will come later on that confirms a lot more. But this is the initial 
process of me. And she said to me when I was young, man, I mean, like when I was young, she said, and it stuck with me all the way to this day. And I hope that it never leaves. Because it's the one thing out of all the things besides my birth that means the world to me. So ladies and gentlemen, closing, I'm going to do things a little bit different now. I used to use Les Brown, Tony Robbins, Eric Thomas, and Antonio T. Smith Jr. I used to use them all the way up until today. And I think they carried me far enough to where I just use my quote and I just use my mom quote from this day forward. Because I really feel, and when I get to the point to add a third quote, it'll be from my mom. I of myself really don't have anything. And the quote that I did come up for myself came from me listening to Tony Robbins, came from me listening to Eric Thomas, came from me listening to Les Brown, came to me sitting down and actually speaking with Antonio T. Smith Jr. and then being part of his um, um, dominant speaker uh, class or something like that, I think. But it's just changed over the years. But it, it doesn't take away from the fact that I had to listen and I had to come up with something for myself. And now that I'm on this journey of trying to get these shirts done, I definitely want to pay tribute to my mom from this day forward. And my mom used to say to me, I may give out, but I'll never give up. And I just interpret that as I'll die first before I give up on my dream. And I take it that way. I mean, you got to really think about it. What is giving up? It's like dying. But what is not giving up? I mean, I'm going to keep trying until I die. That's me listening to what she said to me and how I interpret it. So that's what you'll hear from now on. I'm not going to break it down after this. But my mom said to me, I may give out, but I'll never give up. And those words are on my books. Those words will now be forever on a t-shirt. And I hope that when you see them, I don't know. I hope that when you purchase them, I don't know. But it's my hope that when you put it on and you look in the mirror and you read them, that they would inspire you to do just that when it comes to your life and your goals and your dreams. And my quote is, life does not require more from you. Life does not require less from you. Life only requires that you maximize your 24 hours. And in doing so, you can have anything that you desire. Ladies and gentlemen, until we meet again, peace. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Time Light Man How Poetry Found Me podcast, where we talk about writing as an inspiration or a great source for therapy, clarity, and to help you manifest your dreams of gold. And today is no different. Your life is no different. Your life becomes different when you begin to manifest different actions to the life that you want to lead. And there's millions and millions of examples of people that are known and unknown that have added certain powerful thoughts to their life to change the dimension and the trajectory as to where they want to go and what they want to do. And I just want to say that you and I are no different. 
It's just we have to find a way to connect our life to the overall connectivity of the universe itself. And being able to connect and find people who are similar mindsets that can get us to where we need to go. A lot of things that people do, they have to pay a lot of money to get there. But nonetheless, the confidence that they get from the investment in themselves propels them to where they would want to be. And my writings have taken my whole life and shifted my thinking in terms of what you can and cannot do. And I don't want to say that's something that you cannot do, but there's something that if you want to pursue it, you may just have to work harder. And you should not be a stranger to hard work ever in life. And some people always say work smarter, not harder. Me, I work harder. Hopefully that leads to me being smarter and hopefully I can do better. But if I can work hard and smart at the same time or smart and hard at the same time, then why not? The main thing you want to do is you want to maximize every day of your life. And if you can find that maximization, then you can live a complete day and you can sleep well. And when you look out and you take out and you look at people and you find out when you listen to them how frustrated, how frustrating life can become when you're dealing with people or you're dealing with situations and you try to find yourself not wanting to be agitated, but you become agitated anyway. You got to remember you're human and the human beings are going to go through these emotions until they come to the realization that I don't want my emotions to control me. And that's the thing about life, right? Our emotions and what they do to us. How they control what we say and do without us even thinking about it. But when it's actually us that have the emotions to have control or uncontrolled. And when you're trying to materialize certain things, there's a certain amount of control that you got to have in order to manifest the things that you desire. I don't know no other way to say it that you just got to really try to work at doing things that'll get you there. Your family may not even be in support of it. Your friends may not even be in support of it. But you know what? You got to be like Lord Buddha at one time or like Jesus. You just got to walk alone. And hopefully that in that walking alone, you can listen to the silence that's in your mind and the positive energy that's being fed to you that you can ultimately get out there and manifest what you desire or what you feel you need to do. And a lot of times... We don't really have that avenue, right, to do what we feel we want to do in life. We just uh, get out here and we're at the mercy of the winds and we're at the mercies of what people think and say about us at all times. And I always wonder why there has to be an issue in terms of people being able to accomplish what they want in their own world, that we got to have somebody with us at all times so that we can become the powerhouse that we want. Not knowing that you yourself being created, that you are the powerhouse of what you want, and what you desire, and what you chase. And see, here's the thing about the reason I say that. It's like when I entered college, I didn't know anything about a Tony Robbins. I didn't know anything about a Les Brown. I mean, I grew up in the projects, man. So, you know, whatever was around me was around me. And when you grow up in the, the projects that I later learned, where I grew up is a place called Frederick Douglass Apartments in Phoenix City, Alabama. But I didn't even know that that was named after a black man because there was nobody to teach me about black history. Nobody told me, you know, that he was a former slave who taught himself how to read and ended up sitting beside Abraham Lincoln trying to get them to free these free us as slaves. 
If I would have known that, then it probably would have been a different perspective of knowing where I live. But we have a level of ignorance that is beyond understanding to me. But when I entered college and then I found that out, I was like, man, you got to be kidding me. You mean tell me that where I grew up, they named left a black man who freed himself from slavery, who was self-taught education and then became one of the most articulate leaders in the country that we live in now where we always thought we were just slaves? The manifestation of a thing. And then Booker T. Washington, he started Tuskegee University. Off of just sure knowledge and power of trying to bring something into existence so that the world can see that we are capable. George Washington Carver, uh, my man, found 15 billion trillion. No, I'm just messing with Found several different ways to make the peanut beneficial to America. You know, but we didn't learn that. So we didn't learn that. So now when, when I get to college, then there are things that I got to unlearn about myself because when you don't have no confidence in yourself and then you look at a race of people and they don't have no confidence in themselves then it becomes a tragedy worth not living because you even when you think that you know something you don't and I mean like when we just fast forward to this day and time me doing this podcast and me just looking out in terms of where we have been and where we are now, I don't know where we're going, but where we are now, I think it's been tremendous strides. But the main thing that the common everyday young person and the common person are missing every day is that they got control of their life. They don't, you can be what you want to be. And once you choose that and you don't waver from that, then that's what you become. If you choose to dislike people all your life, then you become a disliker. And you know, on the street term, they call that hating. If you want to be an appreciator of your life, then you appreciate others. And then that's what we call an appreciator. Don't hate, appreciate. But whatever you do, it becomes a manifestation of who you are. And I'll give you a primary primary example. Like a lot of times when I go to work, regardless of what jobs I have, because I told you I told you I have two. And sometimes I feel like I have 16 because I'm always like into something. But here's the thing. I try to make it my business to just speak to people. Because my mom used to say to me, I don't know if you guys ever heard this, like we were, we were kids, right? And we would get up in the morning and sometimes we would get up mad, but I don't know why I was mad. And my mom would always say this to me. She said, you didn't sleep with me last night. And I don't know what that meant. I slept in the same house, but you didn't sleep with me last night. And then she changed. She said, boy, speak when you wake up. Speak to people when you wake up. I'm your mother. You can speak to me. I speak to you. And you got to understand that, like, the simple gestures of speaking to somebody don't cost you nothing at all. And then when I would do, and as I do it, I would hope that people will respond back. But a lot of times you don't even get no response in, in this day and time because people don't believe in speaking back. People believe when they in shopping areas and you speak that there's a need to have fear or to ignore someone saying hello. Now, sometimes I get it because a lot of times when we say hello, sometimes we're deceptive about how why we say hello. But at the same time, you can say hello and keep it moving. I never expect nobody to say hello and stop and want to have a conversation with me. It's just my way of saying I see you and I acknowledge you and I'm hoping that you have a good day. But that's never returned, right? But what you do find in this day and time is that people got their earpiece in their ear and they're always on the phone talking and there's never no connectivity in and around the jobs that they do. And I think that that's becoming a lost art because now the whole world is teaching us to be selfish, not selfless, 
But sometimes people say being selfish is good if it's for care and maintenance of yourself. But to not speak to somebody is not proper maintenance or care. Because in this world, we're all human beings. And I try to make sure that I can speak. Now, sometimes I miss it because I may be tired or I might be going through something. But it's never intentional like I don't want to speak to someone. Sometimes it's just look. Sometimes it's just the day and the time and what you're going through. And you may not speak. But I, never don't, I, I would never not go a day without speaking to one person. Not saying hello to one person. I don't think that cost me anything in life to speak to just one person. But here we are, we won't do that. But at the same time, we would want to manifest a dream or a certain reality when you realize that you, you're not you're not even being sociable to someone that may be able to help you. And then we have a certain clique of people that we run with, and they're all the same way. I just don't want to be something other than what my mom taught me to be, which is to be gracious, humble. And then just to speak to people because it doesn't cost you anything. If I knew that, if I knew speaking to you would cost me all my oxygen, I probably wouldn't do it. But I realized that as I release carbon dioxide, the universe is giving me back oxygen through trees. So the trees are still there and I'm still alive because of the trees and it don't make no sense for me not to speak to you. And it doesn't cost one thing. And what we're finding out as we go further and further into time, that we're becoming more isolated as human beings. And that isolation is leading to a lot of problems in life that we don't feel that we can connect. Number one is like you, if you can't even connect with your family, like you can't, if you're walking in the mall or you're walking in the store and you tell your son or daughter to be quiet, not to make up so much noise and they just keep making up noise. There's no connectivity there and that child don't believe what you're saying. If you're walking in the mall or you're walking in the store and you tell your son or daughter to put that phone down and look in front of you and they don't do it, there's no connectivity between you and that child. Because if you if they're doing it, then you got to do it too. Because you're either doing it at home or you're doing it in the car, or you're doing something. So that's why they do it. Nobody's never really taking any time to engage in life anymore. And life consists of the people that you have to, not just you being an isolation uh, in isolation in terms of you growing, you nurturing, you need to be able to do things you do. But when you walk out into this vast world, there are people that are maybe dying for you to say hello, or they may be dying to say hello to you, and you got to be willing to speak back. And this is where, you know, like I, I find myself a lot of time, I still say hello even if I don't get it in return. Why? Because I feel that as a human, that's the right thing to do. And we got to always try to find, you know, what's the right thing to do. And I don't know, you know, what that looks like in people, in the environments that they grow up in, or, you know, what that environment teaches them, or can we even get back the lost art of just speaking to people? And just saying hello is a lost art because the person that you speak to is not being reciprocated. So they, they're mad. And then you're speaking. Are you getting mad because they're not speaking back? No, just speak, man. Let it be. Because you know that from you, it's coming good energy. So you ain't got to go through all that. Now, sometimes when when men are speaking to the opposite sex, sometimes the hello just may lead to something else. And that woman ain't got time for all that, man. I just learned to just speak and just keep it moving. If a person want to talk to you, they're going to talk to you. And you just got to be able to take all of that, man, with everything that comes along in your life. If they don't want to speak to you, fine, but just keep it moving. Just keep moving with your life and don't get stuck. I used to get stuck with that. I used to say, like, oh, why won't people speak? But that has nothing to do with me anymore. But what has something to do with me is to make sure I remember what my mom used to say to me. Boy, you didn't sleep with me last night. Speak to people. Speak to me. I'm your mother. These are your brothers. These are your sisters. Speak. And then maybe the love is greater in your family. I love my brothers and sisters. Don't get me wrong. But the discipline that we got to have for one another has to be so 
interlocked that you can't see one without the other. Once you start breaking away from that, then what you get into is like, it's me, 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 me. It's never we, 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 we. And you got to figure that out. Sometimes we make better conversation with people that are outside of our family because they don't want anything. They don't need anything in the beginning. Sometimes people may tell you they don't want anything, but then as time progresses, then they want something. And you don't find the genuineness in life anymore with people. And that's the hardest thing, right? Because what we want to connect to in the world, what we want to connect to most is human beings. Because that's the only way we feel that we can live. But there's a greater understanding once you can get past that section of your life. Always feeling you got to be, always feeling that you got to have, always feeling that there's a need to have people in your life. Ain't no need for that. Ain't no need for that. Because I, I, I look at it this way over my life here. What life has taught me is this. I have brothers and sisters. And I love them dearly. I have aunts, uncles, nieces, nephews, great nieces, nephews. I have all of those things. But when I look at each individual, and then I look at my brothers and sisters, we came through the same, we came from the womb of our mothers, but we didn't come at the same time. So that means that I came into this world as an individual with a collective group of people that are supposed to be in and other like me. But what I realized too is that even that, they developed their own mentalities. And that I can't control their mentality. But sometimes when I look back, I wish if I I wish and I want to ask him if I would have said something, did I have any influence over their life? So rather than me trying to say to them and ask them the things that I thought would be most important, I just thought if I lived by example that it would work. And I don't know if it did or didn't. I went to college. I was hoping that they would want to go too. But I didn't want to ask them if they would like to go to Alabama State University with me or would they like to come there and find out how it works in terms of them being smart. Now, no, get me wrong. All of my brothers and sisters are smart. They are. They, they absolutely are. But their smartness goes to the environment that they're in that leads them to the situation that we find ourselves in. I wasn't the smartest one in the bunch, but I was just the hardest worker. I think I think I would really, really work hard. I mean, my brother, he worked hard too. I think you just really, really work hard. And then what, what happens is with your mind, when you put that energy with other people, you embody what they do. You you can't be an individual anymore because you don't have the power to break away. When you get with a collective and that collective is going in a certain direction, you follow that collective. Why? Because you're subjected to the things that are around you. I went to college because I wanted to be subjected to something else. And then when I got there, I realized that this brain that I have and the brain that you have is capable of so much more. I mean, when I read about Albert Einstein, it just blew me away in this theory of relativity. When I hear hear lately, Henry Louis Gates made a video uh, some years ago called Africa Great Civilizations. And when he was explaining to me the intelligence of the African people at that time, I was just astonished that they would those type of people that was doing that type of thing, it really amazed me because all I ever taught was that we were just slaves, that we were conquered by Europeans and then we were just made slaves. I didn't know that before that, that Egypt and Nubia, you know what I mean, had great historical references. And I had to I had to learn that. I had to learn to appreciate that. And I remember when I was small, I was watching Roots. It scared the hell out of me. Because I didn't know that people did that to people. And then when I got to read history at Alabama State University, I found that people did do that to people. But you know what was so disheartened about it is that 
even over the course of time, even like right now as I do this podcast, you still can't get us collectively to do anything together. To build a stronger community, to build a better world, to make it where we can have some sense of just understanding what it takes to have a community. And I just, and that kind of bothers me because after all these years, you would think that it's that way. And the thing, the promise that America has now while I do this podcast is that whatever dreams or goal you have, you can manifest them now in this country. Why? Because they give you the liberty to pick and choose the goals and dreams that you want. Now, who wouldn't want that in world? Who, who wouldn't want that in life? That I can wake up in whatever country I live in or travel to whatever part of the world I want. And from there, whatever dream or goal or what I aspire to be that I can do that. That's that's like God, like freedom in a sense. God created you to be a creator. Whether you believe that or not, you're still on the planet, right? Let's just say if you didn't even believe in the supreme being. That's fine by me. But you're on the planet to be a creator, then create. The world that you want to see for yourself. And if you got a family, you want to create that world so that your family can see it. And if you got an extended family, you want to create that so an extended family can see it. And ultimately, you can see what humanity sees. And that's why we have so many celebrities. That's why we have so many stars. We have so many people that have manifested their dream. And then we try to live our dreams vicariously through them. Although I love LeBron James, I can never be LeBron James. Although I love Shaquille O'Neal, I can never be Shaquille O'Neal. Although I love DZ, Denzel Washington, I can never be Denzel Washington. These kids got their own kids, their own family, their own world. And I can't even live through them vicariously. Because why? Because I'm not them. But what I can do. I can find out what my dream is and see if they got any information in there that I can use that I can apply to my life to make my life work for me. Because your whole life is supposed to be an uplifting testimony. That when you speak, people can feel inspired by what you say and what you do because you're looking to change and inspire lives. Then you become an uplifting agent in a world that may not want people uplifted. But when you got the freedom to choose how you want to do it, then that's up to you. God is not going to rain down on you or me and just say, thus thou doest what I said. You got free will. You got free will to to pick and choose and to stay dedicated to what you want to do. And I know that for a fact because I got brothers and sisters that got dedicated to what they want to do. I got friends that that are dedicated to what they want to do. I got people that I meet that are dedicated to what they want to do. So it shows the level of dedication. And it shows that when they work, this is what they're trying to manifest. We got to be able to put ourselves in a position to where we can do the same thing. This is what our world wants from us. And here, what I want to say about you and I living right now as we do this podcast. Do you realize, and I think Sadhguru said it best, and I think biblical text shows that, I think, Quranic text shows that. I think the Bhagavad Gita shows that. I think the Upanishad shows that. I think any book that has any significance to man shows that. And the one thing that it shows is that no matter what you do, you're going to die. Simple as that. You're going to leave this planet at some point and sometimes. And the greatest form to leave it is knowing you accomplished everything that you set out to do. And that you can say to someone, you can do the same thing. In a country that gives you the opportunity to manifest a dream or a goal is the perfect opportunity 
for you to show that it's absolutely possible for you to do what you want to do. And when you do that, ladies and gentlemen, you don't compare yourself to nobody else for no reason. This is solely for you to understand the power that's in your brain and how to maximize that. America, you know, as much as I love her, they don't want to reveal the truth to the whole human family of this country about the the achievements of the very people that were enslaved. And I and I get it, right? I get it. But nonetheless, they did do great things. They did some things to help out this country. And that would never be manifested if we don't speak about it. And these beautiful children that are growing up right now, I don't know what the world is going to look like for them. Because we can't hide true power, right? Like, for instance, man tries to act like he is the sole creator of creation. But we know it's not true. Man tries to prove that he's the ultimate thinker of all thinkers. But we know that that's not true. Because there are men and women that have gone into silence. They have come out with revelations that the thinkers haven't even thought about, right? They may expound on what those thought creators have created from just being silent and added these extra words to it. But it doesn't really move you when somebody comes up with something that's so inspiring that it overtakes your whole being. And that's what we are missing. Like besides all the philosophies and 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 extractions and breakdowns and all that stuff of stuff that people have said previously, well, what do you say? What do you say about your life? Like Albert Einstein, they thought he was supposed to be dumb. Here it is, this man goes and works in a post office and come up with the theory of relativity and become an instant, not instant now because people think it's instant, it's not. Man, just kept working at it, man. And then he comes up with this. And then all of a sudden, he's celebrated throughout the world for coming up with this. And they even talk about that to this day. Like Jesus. You know what I mean? People act like Jesus just woke up speaking this way. No. So the reason I'm bringing up Jesus is for two reasons. Number one, was a very profound man. But what people fail to realize about Jesus, he got away from the public. He went into the forest for 40 days and 40 nights and fasted. With no aid, with no help from nobody, according to what was written in the scriptures. Nobody was there but just him. And when he came out, man, he spoke in profound parables. So much so it confused everybody in the world. And they wondered, how did this man even come up with this? Lord Buddha was born rich. Could be the next king. Walked away from all that, went into meditation, and came out with an enlightened state to help men of the world, men and women of the world. How do you top that? Right? How do you manifest your power in today's time? What does it take for you to do it? Do you need like a million people around you to give you that? Well, if a million people are around, you're going to get a million distractions. But if you can have a million people around you and you can find some time for seclusion to get your mind orientated to what you want to do, then it's all better for you. And I know like um, sometimes, you know, comedians... Before they go on stage, they get a moment to be themselves. And I think Tony Robbins does the same thing before he steps out on stage. Everybody need a moment of clarity for themselves before they walk out and give their energy to the public. 
Because you have to have some stored energy for yourself, that energy that's going to make you give the public what they got to have, but yet keep you energized and vital and revitalized to do what you have to do every single day of your life. You have to find that. You have to find it. Can't nobody find it for you. What they can do is they can bring you, bring you to a room. They can bring you to a room with a group, group of people. And they can give you these steps. Like step one, step two, step three, step four, step five. But that doesn't mean that you're going to internalize step one, step, step two, step three, step four, step five. Even though you heard them. That doesn't mean that you're going to go out right away and apply them. And that's what they tell you. If don't apply all five of them at one time, apply one. Right? So after you do that and you listen and you get the understanding from that, then what do you apply to make your life make sense while you're living. These are the things that baffles the world. And we are living in a day and age where a lot of things are accessible. And yet we don't have the formula to treat each other right. And we don't have the formula for internal peace. And that disconnect has created what we have today. And I would say that the universe and the planet itself is really, really beautiful. And in closing, here's, I'm going to give you an example of something that happened to me um, yesterday, which was like early morning. I get ready to start my my day in terms of my, my bread route. I got up and I went to work and I was making my delivery and at about 6 o'clock I sometimes I try to focus in on the universe and sometimes I don't but I'm always connected to the supreme being anyway and I know God knows that so I was taking my, my trays into one of the stores and I came out and for the first time in a long time I heard a bird sing that made me smile and almost melt my heart. Because I said to myself, why do, I, why do I keep missing that? Why do I feel so much joy when it sings? Because it's not planned by man. Right? And to be honest, it made my day from that day going forward, even though it was already a tough day, just the fact that I focused on that and I heard that did a lot to me. So I want to say to you, like in basic connection to the universe. You don't need astronomical meditation, but if you can do it, then fine. You don't need to have to read every scripture in the world. If you want to do that, that's fine. But what you can do is take a moment, right? Anybody can do it. Anywhere in the world, even whatever regime you may be under, you can't stop a bird from singing. Can't stop a fish from swimming. Can't stop the water from waving. Can't stop the cloud from hovering. Can't stop the clouds from raining. Can't stop the sun from shining. Can't stop the sun from aiding. The things that are above man, man cannot control. It shows you, it told me that when I heard the bird sing, you can shoot it, kill it, but you can't stop the next one. So if you do that, you got to kill every bird in the world because it's not under your auspices. And when I heard that, birds sing that day, and I don't know if they had been doing it every day and I've just been missing it and I've just been so focused on work, 
But it did my heart good because it brought me right back to my foundation of loving God. That's that's just it for me. And it doesn't have to be, and you know, God ain't looking for me to go haywire. He's just looking, God is just saying, say, did you hear that? Yeah, I did that. You see the sun shining? Yeah, I did that. You see those clouds as they lightly, you know, trans the sky? Yeah, I did that. What about that rain that came down in buckets and it made you upset? Well, I got to replenish the earth because that's my creation. I did that. You just got to wait your turn. When the rain stops, then you can proceed on with your day. But right now, this rain got to fall. I did that. Even though it might be stressful to my job. But when God does things, hey man, ain't nothing you can do. You can say or speculate or do what you want. That's cool. And and, and in closing, God could care one less. God could care one iota about what I think. Could care less. God don't care if you worship God or not. Because you know, in the end, God is God, man. And that power. No matter how powerful man is, no matter what he creates, there's nothing he can do. Because you know why? He can't can't stop death. And even though we're trying, we can't stop death. Why? Because you're born, you live, and you check out. The three things that are guaranteed for every mortal, whether you got $10 trillion or you have $0. There's an appreciation for life when you understand that. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for listening. And in closing... I have two quotes for you. As I did, I'm going to say this once again. I've modified my closing um, quotes now. Although I know that the men that I talk to are very powerful and prominent. They got me to the stage where now, at this point, I just want to honor my mom. And one of her quotes is, I may give out, but I'll never give up. It's something that's etched into my soul. I can't get rid of it. I wouldn't want to because there's a higher connection involved with that than I would ever know. And then there's one that I have. I says, life does not require more from you. Life does not require less from you. Life only requires that you maximize your 24 hours and in doing so you can have anything that you desire. And I want to end it by saying, speak to people, even if they don't speak back. Take a moment out of your day. If it's early in the morning, and preferably if it's early in the morning, listen to a bird sing. Even if there's a hawk going by and he's screeching, just listen. And if not, then if you got clouds and you can look up and see the clouds, then look up and see the clouds. If you can look up and see the power of the sun, look at the power of the sun, feel the power of the sun. If you can get up and see the sunrise, get up and see the sunrise. If you can see the sunset, see the sunset. But do something that man has no control over. Look at something that man has no control over. But most of all, If you can't do that, take a moment, right, to just value yourself in your simplest form. And the simplest form is that your mother brought you into this world. You're living in this world and you're going to leave this world. Now, the living part is are you going to do everything you can to manifest your dream before the final part? Live it simple, man. Live it simple. Even though we make it very complicated with all the ordeals that we have to do, but find a way to make it simple for yourself. And that'll take away a lot of stress that we have in the world. Ladies and gentlemen, until we meet again, peace.